there, friend. You're listening to the Sparrow Parents Podcast, where parents can be resourced and supported for ministry in their homes. I'm your host, Pastor Beth Goodberry, and I am so excited that you're here with me today. Stay tuned. Good morning. We have been in a series on the fruits of the Spirit and how to develop these fruits in our children. And we've been taking them in the order in which Galatians lists them. And so we've already gone through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And today we're talking about faithfulness. How can we truly develop this virtue of faithfulness in our children? There are two different ways to look at faithfulness, and they are both accurate in terms of um, what it means to be faithful as a fruit of the Spirit, of, as a fruit that, that comes from having the Spirit of God in our hearts. And one is to be faithful to God, to be faithful in um, worshiping Him and spending time in God's Word and prayer and listening to His voice. All of that is faithfulness. But then there's the aspect of faithfulness that is with other people, keeping our promises, keeping our commitments, being faithful in in what we do and how we treat others. So we're going to tackle both of these today, and we are going to go through the same way we've done most of the fruits of the Spirit, which is first, uh, we talk about how we can model it for our kids, because we can't expect something from our children that we are not doing ourselves. Second, we, t- we will talk about how we resource the virtue of faithfulness in our children. What do, we, what do our kids need? What tangible things do they need in order to develop this virtue? Then we'll talk about how do we practice it with our children one-on-one, you know, side-by-side. We're going we're gonna to work on this together. And then finally, how can we expect faithfulness from our children? So I hope you stick with me today as we dive into how to develop the virtue of faithfulness in our kids. most of us have someone in our lives that we could point to and say, this is a faithful person. And you know how that feels to, to look at that person and say, wow, that's, that's a faithful person. There's, there's this sense of, oh, I wish that I was like them. Whether it's faithfulness toward the Lord or faithfulness toward others or both. Maybe you've seen somebody walk a really hard road um, in their marriage or with a son or a daughter or a parent, and you've thought, wow, they just really stuck by that person. Um, That is faithfulness. Maybe you watch someone that you know and, and you know when they say that they're gonna pray for you that they are faithfully praying for you. Um, and they just know God's word and, and have a deep relationship with God. There's, um, there's someone in my life that when I walk up to her, I can, I can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's like someone else has said this about, about this woman that, um, that, that she has a direct line (laughs) to God. 
And of course we all do, but, but do you hear, you know, what, what we're saying when we say that is that like, she is in tune with the Holy Spirit. This is what faithfulness looks like. And like I said before, there's, there's faithfulness in relationships with those on earth, with other people, and there's faithfulness toward God. Um, and they're both really important and they're both fruits of the spirit. But just because it's a fruit of the spirit does not mean that it's going to come naturally and and just automatically happen when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruits of the spirit are disciplines as much as they are gifts from God. We have to be faithful. We have to we have to uh, be intentional about developing these gifts from God. And so as we talk today about modeling faithfulness for our children, um, we're really talking about being intentional about developing the discipline of faithfulness in our hearts, whether it's faithfulness toward God or faithfulness toward others. Um, it, the desire to be faithful springs out of a relationship with God. But the discipline of it is going to take time and it's going to not necessarily be easy. And so I just, I want to remind us of that because it's so easy to look at, at people like, like the woman that I described, um, that, that we all have in our lives and say, wow, that's such a faithful person. I wish I could be like that, but I'm just not. And that's, that's not what God wants for us. God wants for us all as followers of him to be faithful to him and to be faithful to others. So as we look at faithfulness as a discipline, let's think about, okay, how do we, how do we really develop this fruit of the spirit in our hearts um, before we expect it from our children? Because it is a discipline, we have to be really intentional about it. And so the first thing that we do is we look at our time and we look at our energy and we pick out pockets of the day when we can be really faithful in a couple different areas. The first one is prayer. When are you praying during the day? When are you really taking the time to talk to God and not only talk, but to listen to him too. When are you taking time during your day to be silent before the Lord and sense his Holy Spirit? This is part of being faithful. It's part of having a relationship with God. And so the first tip that I have for us is carve out time to pray. Now, it's really easy to say to this, oh, I'm too busy. I'm just go, 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 go all day. And honestly, that's where I am, my friends. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I am so busy right now. And that is such a dangerous place to be because the devil can work in your heart when you're busy way better than any other time. Because when we're busy, we're not paying attention to God. We're not carving out time for things that are important. And we have this, this idea that, oh, well, what I'm doing is more important. You know, my busyness 
is not more important than spending time with God. It's just not. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Whether I'm, you know, I I just took a part-time job as a children's pastor. So that is not more important than spending time with God. It's good, and I believe it's what God is calling me to do, but that does not mean that it's more important. Anything that I do is never more important than spending time with God. And so we need to get out of, of this mentality Um, Those of us who are really busy people, we need to get out of the mentality that, you know, we, uh, we don't have time. We don't have time for God. Time is our most precious commodity. And so we need to carve out time for God. Um, A for like a baby step to this um, could be find something that you do on a daily basis um, that you have to do and make that a time that you pray. For example, your commute. Maybe you drive to and from work um, and you usually listen to a podcast or turn on the radio um, and maybe that is a great time for you to say, no, I'm going to be silent and I'm going to pray over my day um, as I go into work and I'm going to pray and listen to God as I drive home. Um, that's just, it's a really great time actually to, uh, to really carve out as time with God. The other thing that we need to carve out time for is time in God's word. Um, you know, I think I've talked before about giving our first and our best to God. Um, my first is not my best. It's just not. When I wake up um, in the morning, I have to groggily like walk around the house, get my coffee, sit down and veg for a while. Like I have to wake up. That is not my best, but it is my first. And so the first thing that I do in the morning is I listen to a sermon podcast. Um, And, you know, I have thought before, I've been convicted, I would say, before about, like, I should really be opening up my Bible and turning to the passages as the pastor talks about about the scripture. And um, instead, I'm just sitting there. (laughs) Um, But to be honest, I just don't have the energy. And that is a, a hindrance in my faithfulness, frankly. It just is. If I were a more faithful person, I would say, too bad, so sad for me. I am going to open my Bible and I'm going to wake myself up enough to do this. And I haven't. And that's just like, that's just my reality. Like, I'm not perfect at this. But then there's a time of day when I'm at my best. And that is when I need to be really digging into God's word. What I have been again, convicted of lately, um, is that I need to be in a Bible study and I need to be really digging into God's word and like doing the homework for the Bible study and all of that. And so I need to do that because that's part of being faithful, making that decision, taking that step, not just being convicted of it, but then doing it, um, as a way to further my relationship with God. The other thing I would say that we need to carve out time for to be faithful to the Lord is to be attending church. And, you know, that's a hard one for some of us and a really easy one for others, Um, especially after the pandemic. A lot of us, all of us got used to staying home on Sunday mornings. 
And some of you have not gotten back into the habit of getting up and going to church on Sundays. This is part of being faithful to the Lord, is showing up to worship Him. Church is not for us. Church is for us to worship God. Church is for God. It's a way for us to put Him first in our lives. Going to church um, does so many things for our relationship with the Lord. For one, it gives us the opportunity to worship Him. It gives us the opportunity to give back our tithes and our offerings to Him, which is another piece of faithfulness. It also gives us relationships with other Christians, like-minded people who love the Lord and who can speak truth into our lives. If you've been lonely, if you've been discouraged, if you've been struggling with a sin or struggling with, um, with illness or, or anything, <laughs> then church is where you need to be, my friend. And I just, I believe this from the bottom of my heart, and I don't think it's just because I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm not saying this for the health of your church. I'm saying this for your health and for your relationship with God. So that's how we remain faithful to God, is we spend time with Him. And as we spend time with God, He is going to show us what it is that He wants from us and, and how He wants us to be behaving and what He wants us to do. And we will, we will begin to feel those convictions from Him, feel those touches from the Holy Spirit, and, um, and really be living in community with Him. But then let's talk about being faithful toward others. And you know, we just talked about carving out time for God. So let's start with that. Carve out time for people who matter most to you. For example, your husband or your wife. How do you spend time with your spouse if you are married? Um, do you have a regular date night scheduled? Whether it's at home after the kids go to bed or whether it's you're getting a babysitter or bringing the kids to grandma's or doing like a, a date night um, swap with another couple where you watch their kids one week and they watch your kids the next week. There are so many different ways to make sure that you have time together on a date night. Um, and so I would really encourage you to schedule that carve out the time, put it on the calendar, and don't schedule something over it because this needs to be a priority for you in your marriage. And then there's time with your kids. Um, do you have dinner together as a family? How many, how many times a week do you do this? How many times a week do you have dinner around the dinner table and not in front of the TV? This is one that I am especially guilty of lately because I get home from work and I'm so exhausted. I just want to sit on the couch and eat dinner and watch a show. And you know, sometimes that's really fun to do and sometimes that's a really bonding thing to do with the kids, but we miss out on on what we were made for as parents and 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 the, the relationship that we could have with our children when we skip family dinners. So maybe this is something that you really need to make sure that, okay, I need to leave work by whatever time on this day and this day in order to have 
family dinners even just twice a week. Maybe maybe you're thinking, okay, well, we can't because we've got church on Wednesday night and we've got dance on Tuesday and karate on Wednesday, on Thursday and I don't know, whatever. Well, maybe you need to drop something, something that's good <laughs> for something that's better. Let's um let's spend our time and our energy on things that are better, things that are the best. Lisa Turkhurst um, wrote a book, and there's a Bible study about it too, called The Best Yes. And so if this is something like, like I've already talked about busyness, if, if this is something that like, um, man, these are all good things. How do I take something off that's such a good thing? I would really encourage you to pick up that book, The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst, because it's incredible. And it makes you think differently about um, what you're saying yes to could be good things that you're saying yes to but there's something better that you could say yes to if you said no to something good so that's just my little pitch <laughs> for um, saying no to some things and and carving out time for your family time carving out time for your kids but then there's carving out time for yourself um, we can't possibly be faithful to others if we're not being faithful first to God and second to ourselves. When I was um, very early in full-time ministry, um, my dad, my dad is also a pastor and um, I was struggling with something. I honestly don't even remember what it was at this point. Um, but I remember going on a walk with my dad and he said, you know, you always have to put um, the, per the person before the partner before the parent before the pastor and so you know obviously like they all start with p so that's kind of a fun way to think about it but the whole point was i wear all of these hats i'm a person i'm a partner as in a spouse i'm married um i'm a parent and i'm a pastor but i have to put myself first i have to put my husband second, my children third, and my flock, my church, my work last. And of course, God's at the top. And so as we think about like our schedules and how we, how we um, are faithful toward other people, we have to be faithful to ourselves as well. So what does that mean to you? What do you do for yourself? What do you do um, as a way to relax? Um, what do you do to energize? How do you take care of your, your um, emotional health? Are you meeting with a friend or with a therapist even? Um, are, you, are you spending time alone? Like, do you like to take a bubble bath, you know, or, or get a pedicure or I don't know, do you like to go fishing or take a walk or ride your bike? Um, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Are you exercising? Are you eating healthy? Um, all that kind of stuff, you know, be faithful to yourself. Um, put, put yourself first <laughs> after God, <laughs> put yourself first and then take care of your relationships with your spouse and with your children. A huge part of faithfulness is, um, keeping our promises and so one thing that actually Jesus says is that you should let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you say no, let it, you have to mean it. Don't, 
say no and then go back on it. Don't say yes and then go back on it. And you shouldn't have to make promises because your yes should always mean yes and your no should always mean no. Um, this is especially important with our children. Um, we've talked before about like boundaries and, and helping our kids understand, you know, time limits. Like when I say two minutes left, we're going to leave in two minutes, then we have to actually leave in two minutes being, that's part of being faithful, right? It's part of helping our children, um, understand that when we say something, we need to mean it. Um, and that's something that we expect from our kids and we don't always, um, we don't always do it ourselves oftentimes by mistake. Um, but that's just, that's just something that's really important as we talk about faithfulness. And then of course we have, um, keeping our commitments. Now this may feel like it's going against what I just said about like, maybe you need to drop something off of your calendar, right? Um, and so I will trust that, um, that the Holy Spirit will convict you one way or the other about each individual thing related to this. But, um, we need to, we need to, we need to really, um, think about like, okay, if I'm committing to this, then I need to follow through. When I say that I'm going to serve in the nursery at church on the first Sunday of the month, then I'd better do that. And I better do that faithfully and do it well, not just show up five minutes before service begins and, you know, sit there with a grumpy look on my face <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um, when, when my son wanted to join the running club, I had a feeling that he would not enjoy it. And he was so adamant that he wanted to be in running club at school. And it was like a five or six week commitment. And so we talked to him and we said, listen, um, if you're going to sign up for this, then, then we will, we will do it. We will, I don't think there was a fee for this particular one. Um, so we didn't have to pay for it or anything, but it did mean that I had to pick him up at a certain time. And so I said, I will do that, but you have to stick with it. You don't get to decide that you don't like it and you're not going to do it anymore. You're joining the team, you're signing the, you know, the covenant or whatever it was. Um, and, and you're going to do it and you're going to stick with it. And because I believe that because we had in the past, um, meant what we said when we, when we talked to my son, um, he knew that we were serious about that and he hated running club, but he went faithfully every single week and he didn't, he didn't complain about it. He clearly hated it. I was so proud of him. Honestly, this is like I'm just bragging on my son now, but I was so proud of him because he didn't complain about it. He knew he had made this commitment. This was his choice. Goodness, the next year when they offered running club, I'm so grateful that I did not have the flexibility in my schedule to be able to pick him up at whatever time it was. And so I was able to say, absolutely not. He begged me to do running club again. Isn't that funny? But he knew that if he was going to start it, he was going to have to stick with it because we are raising our kids to be faithful. How are you raising your, how are you raising your kids to be faithful? Let's talk about that next. Let's talk about practicing faithfulness. Practicing faithfulness with our kids begins the same way that modeling it does. And that is with intentionality and discipline. 
So when we want our kids to be more faithful toward God, then we need to make that time. We need to carve out that time and put reminders um, in, in place so that we will remember to do the things with our kids. For example, family devotions. Have you ever considered having a family devotional time? This can be a really powerful and impactful um, thing to do as a family, and it doesn't take very much time or energy or effort. All you need is a devotional book um, and, and the time. You need to carve out the time to do it. For a while, I was doing devos with my kids before they got on the bus. Basically, I would make sure that they were ready for the bus to come five minutes early, and then we would take five minutes and we would read a devotional together. And it included, you know, it was just one that we got. I think we got it as a hand-me-down. It was, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Devotion, daily devotions for boys or something like that, because I have three boys. Um, and it was really a really simple way to put God first. Um, and to practice faithfulness with my kids. It helped them to understand that, um, that we put God first and that this is something that is more than just Sunday mornings. This is our lives. We are Christ followers um, and that makes a difference in how we live. It gave us things to talk about um, when, when different, uh, scenarios came up in their own lives, um, we could point back to the devotional time and, and say, Hey, this is, this is what we did. I kind of got out of doing family devotion, doing devotions like that with my kids. When I started using a YouTube playlist, um, to help my kids stay on task, getting ready in the mornings. Um, and when I did that, I would look up devotionals, like little mini five minute whatever devotionals for my kids to watch while they ate breakfast. Um, and, and I also included um, songs or ways for them to memorize their memory verse from church. And that kind of became their devotions. Um, so there's lots of different ways to do this. Another really great time to do family devotions is at the dinner table. If you already are in the habit of, of having dinner together as a family um, on a daily basis, then that's a really great time to do it. But the best way to, uh, to start a new habit is to pair it with something that you already do. Um, and so that's why I'm saying like right before the kids get on the bus or because that happens every day, right? Well, every weekday at least, and that's a good start. Um, during family dinner, if that's something that you already do. Um, right before bed, <clears throat> when uh, during, during like when you're tucking in your kids, you know, you could do a devotional together. You could read a Bible story from a picture Bible. You could... Um, you could read a passage of scripture or go over the memory verse together. There's all kinds of ideas of ways that you could do this and it's going to develop faithfulness in your kids. Along the same line, praying together as a family is huge for developing faithfulness in our kids. Um, and not just, you know, quick little prayers before you eat, but really praying for people. We have a prayer board. I mentioned it a couple of, of weeks ago when we talked about a different fruit of the spirit. It may have been kindness. Um, and, and we write down on the, on the prayer board 
um, what we're praying for this week. Um, and I, I think I shared a couple of weeks ago that, you know, we'd really gotten out of the habit. The prayer board was still up on our wall in the kitchen by our, by our table, but, uh, it was blank. Well, we've, we've since started doing that, um, again, and it, it just, it makes a huge difference in how my kids pray and how I pray, uh, because it, it keeps us focused on, okay, what is it that we need to pray for? What, who did we say that we would pray for this week? Who did, um, the, uh, our church ask us to be praying for? What did they ask us to be praying about, um, this month? And, you know, the, it can be really, really impactful. It's going to impact the way that your kids pray and the way that they relate to God, which is um, obviously a huge part of faithfulness. And, and uh, I don't want to say a perk of it, but it's just, it's, it's incredible to watch kids really develop a, a true, deep, meaningful relationship with God where they're talking to him and, and bringing true concerns to the most high. It's really, really incredible to watch that happening. And prayer together, practicing prayer is one of the ways that we do that. Um, another way to really develop faithfulness in our kids and practice it with them is to memorize scripture together. I, um, I've touched on this a little bit. Um, at our church, we do a memory verse for the kiddos every week. So the kids come home with a memory verse to work on together and we work on it together. Um, that's, you know, one, <laughs> when we do that together and we're, it's not just something that we're expecting our kids to do, but we're going to do it with them. We're going to memorize the verse together. Um, first of all, it helps them commit it to memory because they're getting the help that they need. But secondly, it, again, uh, it, 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 it imparts the the idea that this is important to mom and dad to the degree that it is because they're doing it too um and and that makes an impact on our kids i want to say a couple things about faithfulness and friendships and and other relationships with other people um in terms of how we practice this with our kids as well. So we've, I've already touched on, you know, we keep our commitments, we keep our promises, let our yes be yes and our no be no. We can help our kids do this as well um, in, in the sense that, you know, we talk about it and, and we're doing it, we're, we're modeling it for them, but then we, we talk about it because when, you know, when your son, like in the example that I gave about my son being, um, about my son not, not enjoying running club, but he knew that we had talked about it, that you do not, you're not going to quit. You're making this commitment. Um, if, if he had asked to quit later on, you know, we would have talked about that. Like you made this commitment and because he didn't ask to quit, we talked about it. We, I, I told him how proud I was of him on the way from running club, you know, every, every time I'd pick him up, I would say, how was it? And he'd be like, I don't know, you know, like, and, and no, he did not enjoy it. And, and that was his way of saying it, but having a good attitude about it. And because he had such a good attitude, I praised him for that. And I said, you know, I'm really proud of you. You're not asking to quit. You know that you made this commitment and you know that 
that you're going to have to stick it out just like you said that you would. And I'm just really proud of you for that. So, so we talk about that kind of thing as we, um, as, as our kids experience the highs and the lows of keeping their promises. Um, we also, the whole like, let your yes be yes and your no be no thing. Um, oftentimes our kids will, um, will say things that they don't mean, um, in moments of anger or frustration. And those are great opportunities to say, to, to let our kids know that their words matter. Um, and so when, uh, when my kids say that they want something or they don't want something, I don't really let them go back on that because they said it. And that helps them understand that their words matter. Um, you know, they don't want, I don't know, this is a silly example. I can't think of a real life example right now. Um, but it's a silly example, but, oh, I don't want dessert tonight, uh, because I found out what dinner is. Well, then they clear their plate and they, now they want dessert. Well, you said you didn't want dessert, so I did not make a dessert for you. I'm not now going to go make a dessert again because you have changed your mind. Your words matter. And that's a silly little tiny thing that probably doesn't matter, right? Like most of us as parents, we want to give our kids what they've, what they want. Um, but when we, when we use these little silly moments to teach our kids life altering messages, um, then when, when it's something bigger, um, when they're frustrated with a friend and they, and the temptation is to say, I never want to talk to you again, they're going to know that their words matter. And, and those little tiny seeds that you've planted in those silly little moments that really don't make a difference will make a difference. That is one of the hardest things about being a parent is recognizing that those tiny little moments are planting seeds for the big moments in their lives. And that's part of showing them faithfulness and teaching them faithfulness and us being faithful in our parenting. Once we've spent a good deal of time practicing faithfulness with our kids, then we can get to the point where we begin to expect it from them. We expect them to tell the truth. We expect them to, um, to spend time in God's word. We expect them to be faithful to their family members and, and stand up for each other and things like that. Things that we have practiced with them, we begin to expect. And when we expect this from our children, that means that there's going to be a consequence if they don't do it. So for example, um, my child neglects um, doing their devotions um, on a given day. Um, I think I would consider that when we're at the point of expecting it, um, I think I would consider that the same as if they choose not to do their chores. Um, and so what is the consequence for that? Maybe we equate it in some way with, with uh, something else that they are expected to do. Because here's the thing, we oftentimes as parents will put a lot of stock in something like getting their homework done or getting good grades um, or keeping their room clean. <laughs> 
but not enough stock in the things that matter for eternity, like their relationship with God and their relationships with others. And so we need to, we need to bump up the, the scale. We need, to, we need to help our kids understand the importance of this early on so that they will succeed and so that they will develop that really close relationship with the Lord. Now, there's a balance here, right? Because we don't want to get to a point where we're expecting it so hard that they 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 stop wanting to um, be close to Jesus. And so we need to be really careful about that. Honestly, we need to be careful about that with ourselves. Oftentimes, as adults, we will... We will find ourselves, you know, neglecting our devotional time because we, because of, of the, the obligation that we feel and it, and it gets overwhelming. Like, oh, I haven't spent time with God today. He must be so mad. Well, no. Um, however, you've not spent time with God. And so now your, your view of the Lord is skewed, right? Another way to go about this with our kids is to to give um, a related consequence, a natural consequence. So for example, um, I, I read an article this past week about um, helping our, our, our kids obey the first time. And the example that they gave was, if your child does not want to brush their teeth, allow them to not brush their teeth. And I thought, ew, that's so gross. Well, then they said, just let them know that if they choose not to brush their teeth now, then they may not have anything with sugar in it for the entire day. And that includes fruits, you know, they can't have anything with sugar at all. No juice, no candy, no fruit, um, because it's going to rot their teeth and they didn't brush. Um, and so I, I really liked that consequence because it's related to what they chose not to do. And so here's, here's an example, okay? Let's, let's use the idea of devotions again. Let's say your child just utterly refuses to spend time in God's word. You're doing family devotions and they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to my room instead. Okay, well, then if you're not going to spend time with God, that means you're not going to spend time with your friends today. Or that means you're not going to um, use any media today. You can't be on your phone or your tablet or watch a show or a movie. Um, and even if it's family movie night, right? Like, like stick to it. Uh, because we want to put truth in our minds before we put junk in our minds. Or with the friends thing, we want to spend time with God first before we spend time with friends because he is our best friend. And so there's, there's natural consequences that you can come up with that are going to help your child understand the value of faithfulness and not just the discipline of it. You know, it has taken me several weeks to record this episode, and I think it's because it's been so convicting. Um, you know, it, it <laughs> faithfulness is one of those things, like I said, that like that we even as adults can um, can focus more on on the discipline of it and and on the the consequences than on the, um, the, the good things that come of being faithful, especially in our relationship with God. And so I would just encourage you today, if you've been really convicted, like I have been, um, by this episode that I would, I would encourage you to, to take one step, 
um, just, you know, commit, commit in your heart to taking one step toward faithfulness and you'll be glad that you did. And it's, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to do one thing at a time, um, and take those baby steps. Um, and every one of those baby steps is going to move us closer to Jesus. Um, and especially as we move into the Christmas season, we're headed toward Thanksgiving right now, but then Christmas is coming up. It's going to be easier in many ways, um, to, to draw near to God because our, you know, if you're involved in a church family, then you're going to have opportunities there to, um, you know, to do devotionals, to, um, to engage as a family together in service opportunities and in Advent readings and things like that. Maybe your church is doing a Christmas pageant this year. You know, um, those kinds of things um, can really bring a family together in faithfulness. And so I really encourage you um, to find a church home if you haven't already, but then um, to really get engaged in that because that's going to make all the difference in these next couple of months. And then you can continue those habits that you develop um, together as a family. Well, my friends, that's all I have for today. I'm so glad that you spent the time with me. You know, it, it really is an honor to see how my listeners have grown. And um, and I just really appreciate you listening through to the end of the episode. That's just really awesome. Um, and I hope that you were blessed by it. I will talk to you very soon. We're going to finish up our um, our series on the fruits of the spirit and developing those in our kids. So I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.